Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. What I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Wednesday edition of the program. Glad you're with us today. Indiana eases to a victory last night night over Elon, a team that really struggled for the most part in the contest. Of course, Indiana without Trace Jackson Davis. It was an opportunity last night for uh, Race Thompson to step up with a big double-double to help IU. He played really well last night. Jalen Hood-Shafino was good. And really an opportunity for a lot of different Hoosiers to see some playing time. Uh, and again, I think Indiana is, is getting a little beat up here. We're going to talk about some of the injuries or the health concerns, I guess maybe is the better way to put it with this team. But to Indiana with just a, a, another opportunity left, a, a kind of a sleeper game here before Big Ten Conference play gets here in the first of the year. But the Hoosiers, for the most part, last night cruised. It wasn't always pretty, but Indiana got the job done. Uh, in one of these little pre-holiday games, and they've got one more coming up. And then another thing that's good for this team is not only are they playing low-level, lackluster-type opponents, but they're getting some rest after this next game. Uh, some of the players, depending on their location, it sounds like, will get a chance to go home for three or four days. And, yeah, they'll still be doing conditioning work and so forth, but a break away from the monogamy of uh, practice and school and the Bloomington campus could possibly do everybody good. And it's not often that you see a big-time college program have a schedule situation where they're able to, to get a little break. So I think that's interesting as well. But we'll recap everything from last night as we head into the back half of Christmas week. I hope everybody's having a great week and wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday. And, of course, it won't be long that we'll be in the new year as well, which is crazy to think that 2023 is coming up. Just around the corner, high school basketball season. I know we were waiting and waiting for it to start. Uh, same for IU, same for college. And before you know it, it'll be time for the sectionals and time for the March Madness NCAA tournament. And it's just amazing how quick things move once it all gets started. But it's here. It's the holiday season. And uh, again, great week, a great week maybe to uh, pay a little more attention to the Hoosiers or to basketball or sports if you've got some downtime away from the office. It's kind of a, a it's a tough week. I mean, you, I, I don't know if you're like me. I've got a number of things you still got to get done, but it's hard to get things done. There are holiday parties. There are other events you got to go to, and there's some basketball mixed in between all of it. But uh, glad you're with us today. Let's take a look at the show lineup for this Wednesday program. Uh, the show lineup is always a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we'll take you through last night. We'll go through the box score. We'll talk about Race Thompson's big night. We'll talk about some of the injuries with this basketball program right now. Indiana football also picked up a commitment uh, yesterday that we'll share with you. And 
Providence dropped a game, a Tuesday night game, to a solid Evansville Memorial team last night. And uh, I watched some of that game streaming online and uh, have a couple comments on that coming up here in just a bit. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Honey Baked Ham, a great place to visit uh, for all your holiday party get-togethers and needs as well. And I guess if I'm going to give you the show lineup, I probably ought to tell you what happens next after the first segment. It's Wednesday, so Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star is with us. We'll talk about last night's IU game. We'll look ahead. We'll recap the injuries. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis probably, uh, I don't want to say the most concerning because I think it was a rest opportunity for him, but we'll get into some of that with Dustin a little bit later as well. Uh, Also, later in the show, Josh Cook always stops by on Wednesday. It's our chance to talk local sports and, of course, a lot of high school basketball this time of year, some holiday tournament opportunities coming for our local teams, and a couple of good games this week as well. I mentioned Providence dropped one on the road last night. It was a really good game as far as the score and of interest to fans. New Albany has an afternoon game tomorrow. There are some other opportunities this week before the Christmas holiday. But you know, next week, Gabe Cups and Centerville, Ohio, they come to town. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, as well coming up uh, here as the week goes on. That's the, the show lineup, again, brought to you by Honey Baked Ham. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is also open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450, the Thornton's text line. Uh, send us a text during the show, questions, comments on IU, on local stuff, whatever it is. We'd love to get your comments, let you kind of have some part of the direction of this show. You know, we talk IU basketball every day. Sometimes there are topics that are recurring, I know. But you guys often have different players or different situations or different things you saw that you want to bring up. So send those to me, 502-414-1450, the Thornton's text line. You can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito at any fountain drink, tea, or fizz freeze, or 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app and register for Refreshing Rewards to earn your free breakfast on Thornton's. And again, that Thornton's number, hopefully you lock it in your phone, you have it memorized at this point. The number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Last night, Indiana, a easy winner over Elon, and it was... Race Thompson that took advantage of TJD being out. And it was uh, listed in the little note that goes out to media right before tip-off. It was listed as precautionary for Trace Jackson Davis. So it doesn't say wrist or leg or any specific issue, just precautionary reasons, which, again, somebody like him is going to get beat up over and over again this season. But uh, Race took advantage of more opportunities, more touches for him. He just seemed to play with a little bit more aggression last night. He finished with a double-double, 18 points, 11 rebounds, and I thought it was also impressive. He had four block shots in the 30 minutes that he logged uh, for Indiana last night. One stat that stood out to me, Indiana actually dominated in the paint. We know how good Arizona's big guys were. Uh, Kansas had some big challengers as well, but Indiana got back to doing things against lesser Elon in a big way and actually outscored them. 58-24 in the paint last night. Looking through the box score, a number of things that stand out. 
Race Thompson, I mentioned, led the way with 18, but Jalen hood Shafino right behind him with 17. Miller Kopp, a third IU Hoosier in double figures with 13 points and 11 points from C.J. Gunn as well. Logan Duncan with 10. So I know it's Elon. I know there's some players out. I know there's some injuries and precautionary uh, situation for Trace, but a lot of not just playing time for Gunn and for Duncan, but they took advantage of that and uh, scored as well. Very balanced scoring column last night. Caleb Banks finished with eight. Tamar Banks finished with uh, eight. Malik Renew, we've kind of uh, disappeared. He's, he's not been on the forefront as much lately. He was back last night with nine points and got some legitimate minutes as well. And a double-figure uh, rebounding game. I mentioned the double-double for uh, Race Thompson, so he reaches uh, double-double figures. Uh, and overall, pretty solid box score, I thought, last night for uh, the Indiana team. But Trace dominates. That was the story of the game, I think, the headline. But C.J. Gunn really last night showed potential. He logged 19 minutes. I mentioned that he reached double figures, and I really feel like that he made a case last night that he should get more playing time, even when this roster is back to full strength and back to uh, back to normal. He uh, got shots up. He hit five of his ten attempts from the field. He had two very impressive dunks. Of course, he missed the one dunk in transition. He just misjudged that or uh, was a little short, but. He also had uh, some of ste- uh, steals, a couple steals, three rebounds, three assists. I thought overall, probably without question, the most complete opportunity, the most complete game that he's had uh, so far this season for Indiana. I know a couple people have messaged me saying, you know, what about C.J. Gunn or uh, shouldn't he get more time, especially with Xavier Johnson's uh, injuries and Jalen hood Shafino had the back situation there for three games. Well, last night he did. And I definitely think he took big advantage of that. And I think be surprised if moving forward he doesn't get at least a little bit more opportunity, especially with Xavier Johnson out as well. You know, one other thing about Xavier Johnson, his injury really seems to be kind of up in the air. There's not been any details put out at this point. He was in street clothes last night. He had one of those protective boots on his right foot. He was zooming around the court, that area, on a scooter before the game. Uh, Coach Woodson was asked uh, post-game in the media availability how long he expects Johnson to be out. He didn't talk at all, really, about the status of Xavier Johnson. And even further, he didn't say anything about TJD being out for uh, precautionary reasons as well. So um, I have a feeling, again, just a feeling, uh, that this Xavier Johnson thing could be a pretty serious deal. There's all sorts of rumors out there. Uh, on the internet, on the message boards, on the social networks. Uh, I get that. I know that. But, you know, we don't get into that. We don't go down that path. But it just seems like uh, that it could be something serious that keeps them out for maybe a long while. We'll see. But uh, definitely some good takeaways last night. But that's what you would expect against Elon, uh, a smaller Division I team who was 2-10 on the season. Both of their wins had come or did come against lower-level teams, one D2 team one Division three team as well. Uh, Indiana's defense was not great last night. I think any time you allow a team like Elon to come into your own court and score 72 points, uh, it's not a good thing for your team. Remember early on and some of the big wins, uh, even in December, uh, earlier December, Indiana was really hanging their hat on the defensive end of things, and that just does not happen the last few games. So three-point shooting was better last night. Indiana was, what, 6 of 19 uh, at Kansas in that big loss, uh, but shot 
last night in the victory. IU was 8 of 20, which is actually pretty good for this team against Elon. Four different players made a three-pointer. Three-pointers and turnovers and defense are three things when I watch Indiana and when I look at a box score after the game, uh, I really look at, you know, obviously the the turnovers and the three-pointers specifically in the box score. But three-point shooting definitely better last night. And Miller Kopp, um, you know, there's been some uh, curious games from him where I'm not sure exactly what Indiana's gotten from him, but he has been playing better. 13 points, 4 of 9 from the field, 3 of 8 from 3 last night. He had both free throws. I thought a very solid game for uh, Miller Kopp last night. As well. Also, uh, talking about injuries, Xavier Johnson, Trace Jackson Davis, uh, we've covered those. But Jordan Geronimo out last night as well. Coach Woodson did uh, elaborate a little bit on that. We do know officially it's a dislocated finger. Uh, Coach Woodson said he tried to go a little bit yesterday, um, but uh, it was unable to go that before the game, and so he was unable to play last night. But he had his uh, finger wrapped, looked like his middle finger, very much wrapped on the sideline, and so he was out in a game. That's unfortunate, too, because it probably is a game that Jordan Geronimo can get some valuable time and some valuable opportunity. But Indiana definitely beat up, and I go back to uh, the fact that this team is is beat up and injured, um, even Trace Jackson Davis. And they've got a, what, Kennesaw State coming up here later this week. That's it. A rest for this team I think is going to be really good before Big Ten play starts in January. Also, one IU football note, I want to mention Indiana did get a commitment in the 2023 class of seniors from a wide receiver named Derek Bowler. He's a six foot, 296-pound player that committed to the Hoosiers number 1,068 overall player in the class and the number 162 best wide receiver in the country. I can't believe that they rank uh, in the thousands and above in uh, recruiting football. It's just crazy. But he's from Palmetto High School in Miami, was uh, in Bloomington over the weekend on an official visit. He had offers from Tennessee and Penn State, Louisville, West Virginia, Pittsburgh, Michigan, Nebraska, Arizona, Maryland, a ton of schools, including a number of Big Ten schools and Power Five schools. But uh, interesting, Indiana now with nine commits going into this early signing period, which begins today. He is uh, joins Orlando Greenlow as IU's second wide receiver commit in the class. So this is a class that's kind of been interesting to watch, I guess you would say somewhat come together, but uh, definitely um, a pickup for Indiana football yesterday. Uh, Providence basketball in action last night. I told you yesterday that uh, if we could do the game, if we didn't have Indiana, I thought it would be a really fun game to be at, and that was exactly the case last night. Providence got out to a great start uh, down in Evansville against Evansville Memorial, but ultimately uh, wound up losing a very close game. Memorial came from behind. Uh, won by a score of 47-43. And unfortunately for Providence, they didn't even get three. They had the last possession of the ball game. The ball went inside, but it never came back out. After a kind of a double-triple team, uh, the Providence player just kind of heaved up a layup that did not go, and that was the ball game. Providence loses by three. So Providence is hanging tough, three and three on the season. They've played great competition without Casey Kalen, really, for all of their games, except very early in that season opener against Brownstown Central, but uh, definitely a good team in the area, whether they could beat Brownstown in the sectional. I think a lot of that depends on how they progress this year. If Casey Kalen is back, 
but Providence is, is even at 3-3, three and three, one of the better teams in the area. If not, I think the best team in the area heading into the holiday break. Also, don't forget New Albany, at afternoon game. It's going to be a 1 o'clock, or 1.30 tip, excuse me. Uh, that's varsity tip against Evansville Central tomorrow in that contest. It's been moved up from 8 o'clock for the varsity game because of weather coming in the area. That's another thing. These temperatures for Friday night into, uh, or I should say Thursday night into Friday morning, are crazy. There's going to be a lot of stuff, whether it's sports or holiday events or whatever else it may be, postponed or shifted around. Uh, but the weather, the temperature is going to be scary dangerous. And I know that there's a lot of question marks about snow, uh, but potentially uh, with a little rain coming in, anything wet's going to be extremely slick. So make sure you're prepared for that uh, and be careful. The weather, it looks like over the next 24, 48 hours, is going to get absolutely crazy here in this area. So um, again, we'll see how things play out. Don't think there'll be any concern for the IU game later this week, but I've seen that Iowa is moving their game to this afternoon, uh, the men and women, so they can get that in, get that done uh, before the weather hits that part of the country. But definitely a lot of changes have been announced, and I think more will happen as this deal gets closer to us. That's a look at our headlines for this Wednesday edition of the program. We'll head to a commercial break when we come back. Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star will join. Uh, love to get your questions and comments. I think we've got a couple in there right now on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Uh, send them in. We'll get them on the air with Dustin next. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Wednesday program. Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. He's actually the Pacers beat writer, but joins us to talk the IU Hoosiers and much more Wednesdays on the program is with us now. Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Dustin, Indiana gets a win last night, and I, I said this yesterday, and I say it even more so after the game was played last night. And we know a little bit more about TJD being out and Xavier Johnson. It looks serious. And, and just Jordan Geronimo finger, just the team's beat up. Uh, thankfully for Indiana, uh, they didn't have another big game on the schedule before the holidays. Thankfully, it was Elon and Kennesaw State coming up. And then the opportunity for this team to actually get something that's kind of unheard of these days. And that's a little bit of a break over the holiday. I think they definitely need it in advance of the first of the year and Big Ten play. No, absolutely. I mean, I'm not sure how long X is going to be out. I imagine it's going to be a while. I mean, when when a guy's uh, uh, rolling around on a scooter, that's generally a bad sign. Um, you know, that, that when you when you can't even just walk on the boot, uh, when you have to have the boot elevated, uh, that suggests that uh, that you're in for a bit of a long haul. 
Um, and I imagine, you know, I, I, I didn't get the impression that Chase is a long-term situation, right? I didn't, uh, didn't see the whole reporting on that, but I didn't get any indication that, it, that he's going to be out for forever. I think it's just he's kind of generally beat up. Um, so, yeah, no, they, they need that, and, and, and they, it, it is a pretty crazy long um, uh, time off. I mean, this is abnormal. <laughs> From the 23rd to the 5th, I've never seen that. Uh, I've never seen an IU team take that much time off. Uh, for the Christmas break, um, you know, usually, you know, I, I remember it seemed some, you know, during, during the Korean years, it seemed like we always, they, you know, they always played on New Year's Eve. It seemed like somehow, somewhere they always had a New Year's Eve game. Um, but it's useful for sure. And, and obviously they're, they're going to have to come back and do some practicing and, and get used to uh, whatever the normal is going to be uh, without uh, without David Johnson for however long that's going to be. I'm sure he's going to come back this season. It, it, it strikes me as such based on the way they've talked about it, but I imagine I would be surprised if it doesn't take a month out of him. Um, and, you know, it, it, obviously Jalen Hoshifino is going to have to get used to being the guy and being the guy all the time. Um, and they're also going to have to get several other players used to being, uh, you know, ball handlers. That's one they were working on with, with Tamar Bates and Trey Galloway is, is forcing them into more positions when they were operating as point guards. Uh, and uh, that they're really going to have to accelerate that because those guys are going to have to spend a lot of time uh, running the point and running the offense and getting used to it and being held to that standard. As Mike Woodson has said, he's really tough on his point guards, and uh, they've got to get used to being in that place and being in there for an extended period of time. So it, it is, I think, a really important time to take some time off. Uh, obviously, they're, they're going to leave town, um, so that's not all going to be a work period. Uh, you know, a lot of those guys are going to go home for Christmas, spend some time with family and whatnot. But uh, you know, whenever it is, they do come back. There's got a lot of work has to be done. There's got to be, a, but there does have to be a lot of rest for these guys to get them back healthy. Certainly, you know, need you're going to need Geronimo and, and Jackson Davis back if you're not going to have Johnson back quickly. Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star, my guest. You mentioned Xavier last night. The boot, the scooter. Scooters generally aren't a good thing. I don't want to get into the speculation because I know a lot of that has went on sure. on social media and discussion forums. But um, what what could it be? Uh, here we go in speculation. I guess could could this look like something that keeps him out for? I hate to say maybe the season, but definitely a long time. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm you know again we would be just be speculating, and, and I don't know what anyone said. Uh, you know, last night obviously said not on the beat anymore, but um, I would just, you know generally when generally you have a scooter because you have to keep pressure off the foot entirely. You know, that's the reasoning as opposed to having just walking around in the boot. You know, if if you can walk around in the boot and put your weight on the boot, but the boot is uh, lessening the pressure, you know, that suggests that you you know like that there's not a break, um, basically. And when you have the scooter, that suggests that there's a chance that you've got a fracture in there because you can't put any weight on it at all. Um, and, you know, obviously that's not, that's not me being a doctor. That's just me having covered a lot of these. I don't have any doctoral understanding of that or, or, or anything like that. But generally, you know, when you – we, we've seen enough of these guys who is on a scooter who's just in a boot over time, you know, in terms of that, like and just, just how that gets, you know, what's reported to us from – uh, either you know Indiana or other you know teams that uh, that have guys with injuries. Generally, when the guys on the scooter, that suggests that there's something more serious because you can't put any weight on it. Um, so you know, again, I, I don't want to get too far ahead of my skis here, um, but you know, I, I I would just be surprised if you're not talking about several weeks at least. Um, yeah. You know, generally, no, no one no one goes on a scooter and you know is back in a week. 
you know, that's not that would that would be wild for me. If that's the case, that'd be pretty crazy. I I I was I've never seen that before. I've seen several guys go and boot for a week or two weeks or somewhere on that scale and, and, and come back after that. But when they got the scooter and they're they're elevating it, uh, that suggests that there, there more needs to be done uh, for the sake of recovery. So I mean, you know, and it, for the Pacers, I mean, Chris Duarte was out six weeks with a sprain, and I stopped seeing the boot about three weeks in. So you know, and he still had another three weeks to go, but before he was healthy. So uh, sometimes these things can take a while. I mean, you know, John, I, I, I think someone asked Johnson, like a fan or whatever, asked him, and, and you know, he said he'll be back. Um, so the fact that no one's come out and said it's a season ender yet, uh, you know, it, is a good sign, and, and it's not impossible for a guy to be in this spot and still come back. Um, but I, I would think several weeks at least, uh, like at, at bare minimum, that he's going to be out. Dustin, I know this has come up earlier in the week with other guests, but let's talk about, from your estimation, what IU basketball misses with Xavier Johnson not in the game and not available. Uh, a lot. I mean, first off, there's just the simple numbers game of it. If, if you have two point guards on the team, it just so happens that they both start. Uh, but you know, there, there's not a you know like they're they're fashioning Tamar Bates and Trey Galloway into point guards, where that's not what they have naturally been as college players. Um, so it, you know, you're forcing guys into spots that they aren't necessarily uh, totally geared for. And so starting there is, 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 is significant in and of itself, that, that basically when Jalen Butcherfino comes off the floor and everybody has to come off the floor at some point, um, you're putting guys in there that, that have not had a ton of experience doing that particular job, and it's the toughest job on the floor. So there's the numbers part to it. Um, but Johnson, I think, you know, like, just plays with such speed. I mean, when, when he gets going in transition, he really gets, uh, you know, forces the whole team to come with him. I mean, he's just so fast uh, with the ball in his hands, just uh, just so much speed, and that makes him just really a difficult cover. Um, and again, just, it's just he is allowed to, he is capable of just accelerating the offense so much and taking really advantage of turnovers, long rebounds, you know, stuff like that. His ability to push the pace, obviously, is really good and allows them to play in transition. Uh, and, you know, obviously, the, the Hoosiers are still going to be better. Um, scoring when uh, you know they can get out ahead of people. You know they have a lot of good athletes. You know that they're they're better off when they're not facing a half court set um, because you know then they have to make some shots over top of it. People can clog them up, and so the, the more you know easy trans- transition buckets they can get, the better off they are. It's it's, it's a big state for them. But always, you know, he is capable of being a three level scorer. I mean, I don't know that he's great at that. But, you know, he can hit the occasional three. He can hit the occasional pull-up. He's really good at finishing the rim, really good at getting downhill on the pick-and-roll. Um, you know, can really defend people. Obviously, he can get ahead of his skis sometimes and, and, you know, turn the ball over and play a little bit too fast. Uh, but when he's got a really good control over pace and, and he is playing fast without playing, playing, playing out of control, uh, he's one of the most dynamite, you know, uh, you know, point guards in the Big Ten, which certainly is just such a huge piece of what they did at the end of last season to win enough games in the Big Ten tournament to get in the NCAAs. Uh, so he's, he's going to be significant. Now, obviously, um, you know, Huchifino, I, I think, is going to be a spectacular player. And, and you know, it, it's going to take him a minute to get back in gear after his back injury and, and really feel completely comfortable with what he's doing. Um, you know, so, like, they, they do have a guy that's not a huge step down. Um, but obviously, you know, he's dealt with a back issue. You, I mean, that can creep back. Uh, and, and, if, and if it does, you, you find yourself in a position where you're throwing guys that are not, um, you know, that, that are not fully crafted for the job uh, being thrown in and having to run the offense. So that's that. The numbers game, I think, is really the, the scariest thing, I think, if you're Indiana, that, uh, you know, if, if Jalen wakes up uh, one morning and his back is screaming at him again, then, then you're in trouble. 
Dustin Dopirak, the Indianapolis Star, my guest. Dustin, I, I tell you one thing about last night. I know when it's a lower-level Division One opponent, especially a two and ten team coming into the game like Elon, uh, you know, you, you've got to find some things to get excited for. But I thought it was great to see some of the young guys get opportunities, and I'm thinking specifically C.J. Gunn and Logan Duncombe as well. Could they be the future? And uh, what did you think of their performances last night? Yeah, no, I mean, I think uh, C.J. Gunn certainly could. I mean, I think Logan is going to be serviceable for his career. I think he's going to be a solid player. I, 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 I think he can get to be a solid player. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not going to go out and say he's the future because, I mean, I don't think he starts over Malik Renew next year. Um, at least you would hope not. I mean, Renew has obviously had a bit of a, a lull here, uh, but you would think that Renew is going to be able to beat him out. Um, but, but, yeah, he can be a serviceable guy, a guy that can set screens, can make some shots at the rim, get some rebounds. Um, and, you know, that's what they were saying at the beginning of the year, that, that he's going to be a guy that's going to be, be valuable uh, and be useful, especially if, if some guys go down. Um, and you saw that last night. You saw some real value there, five to six from the field, ten points, five rebounds, two assists. Uh, really solid play over 17 minutes. You know, I, I think Gunn, um, you've seen it right below the surface, I think. I mean, like the, the flashes, the opportunities he's been able to get. You can see he can obviously shoot from outside. He has some explosiveness. He can get downhill. Uh, obviously, he really, really wanted that dunk at the end. Uh, I think that one stung, uh, basically, on the break that he that did not quite flush down. Uh, but three assists, I think, is also really good work. Three assists, no turnovers, 19 minutes. Uh, you know, he, I, I think he's a guy that is going to be increasingly working in the rotation. He's going to get some more minutes uh, as the year goes on. Uh, and then next year and years going forward, he's going to be, I think, a valuable piece uh, to the rotation. And, and I think he can be a starter someday uh, in the not-too-distant future anyway. I think, obviously, it's a, uh, you know, guy that's happy to be playing at IU. His family seems to love IU. You know, his dad's all over Twitter. Uh, for sure, he's telling everybody how happy he is with this group. So I think, uh, you know, I think he's kind of a foundational guy, um, and I think that's important to have. You know, I think you know, obviously we 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 talk so much about the guys that are just this huge, huge, huge talent. Um, you know, guys like CJ Gunn. Do I think he'll be? I think he'll probably be a four-year guy, but I think he'll be a guy that'll produce for four years. And uh, you know, you, you need guys like that, that that really care about the program. Um, and and want to win and sh- and show some flash and I, and I think there's some real real flash there. He's got just a uh, lot of confidence uh, and I think that's a big deal. Uh, he's he's pretty fearless when he gets out there. I don't think he doesn't seem beat up by the fact that he hasn't played very much. He went out there and he took the opportunity and I think that's obviously uh, some pretty good news. I think Caleb Banks, you know, eight points, three of four. Uh, you know, obviously was playing mostly garbage time minutes there. Not not nearly not as much as CJ did. Um, but I think I, I really think Caleb's going to be good. Um, it, it, it's it, it, he is not quite as far along. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of learning he still needs to do before you're ready to throw him out there for really important minutes. But I think there's a lot of talent there that eventually he's going to unlock as well. I think IU fans should be very hopeful uh, for Gunn uh, and uh, for both of those guys you just talked about. I really do. I think I think the future could be bright for for Caleb and for CJ. Uh, texter on the text line says. I feel Gunn should get more playing time and has earned it, in my opinion. He seems to play with some fire and energy, and we need that after a few dull performances as of late. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, Dustin, one other topic I wanted to bring up. It's unfortunately around injuries. Trace Jackson Davis was held out last night for precautionary reasons. He was dinged up a little earlier, if I remember correctly. It was a wrist earlier in the season, really right out of the gate, and uh, now sitting again. No big deal against Elon, but obviously uh, he's the go-to guy. I know he's had some slow games as of late. He's getting all sorts of defensive pressure, but uh, uh, precautionary for Trace, just just an opportunity to rest, you think? 
or is there potentially something more going on? And I know we're getting back into speculating, but everybody wants to talk about Trace Jackson Davis not playing. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's pain involved. Uh, you know, I think it's precautionary reasons, but like there has to be precaution for something. They didn't just give him the day off to give him the day off. Um, you know, it, it it doesn't seem like, I mean, like, Woodson used the term beat up before. He was obviously at the sum, and that's a, that's a thing. That's an injury um, that he's playing through. But it, it does sound like he's, you know, like Mike just used the word beat up. I mean, it just sounds like you know, he's getting hammered out there. You know, I mean, like, he's dealing with two and three bodies, and there there is some level of just, uh, you know, pain, workload, you know, that, that comes with that and wear and tear. Um, and, you know, and, and I say wear and tear, I don't mean something actually tearing. You know, that, that when you think tear, you think ligaments, and so I'm, I'm not going that far. Um, but I think there's, you know, I mean, it, it's good, obviously, that he's going to get some rest. It's good that he's going to get time between now uh, and the fifth to play. I mean, if he didn't play last night, I imagine he probably won't play against Kennesaw State either. He'll probably give him that day off, too, and that's probably best. Um so that gives him a lot of time to kind of re-energize and, and get the body right. Um, but it just tells me there's there's some wear there. That, that there's that, that there's some feeling of just generally being beat up and and uh, you know like I, and so I don't know what it is that's that's um, that's sore um, basically. But uh, you know that just tells me again that he's sore and and that that means that that's there is an accumulative effect of the fact that everybody is making the first. Uh, he's the first thing on the scouting report, and they're sending multiple bodies to the guy. And, uh, you know, there's a physical pull uh, that comes along with that. And, and rebounding every time down and, and having to deal with big bodies that, that you're dealing with, like, it, it wears you out, and that just shows that there's that there's some wear. Um, and so, you know, I, I think to what what it comes back is, like, the reason to worry is, like, okay, like, is he drained? Um, you know, I think that's a question. But, uh, you know, again, there is at least some, you know, again, response to that, to the fact that they're giving some time off and they're going to get some time off because of the way they scheduled uh, around the holiday and the way the Big Ten scheduled around the holiday. You know, that, that ultimately helps his cause. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's, the point is it's not going to change. You know, they're, they're going to get, you know, he's going to continue uh, to be beat up, to get to have bodies sent at him. Um, the Big Ten is not going to take it easy on him. And, you know, what it comes down to is other guys have to relieve the pressure. I mean, they have to... Uh, you know, other players have to force um, the, them to be careful with their double teams, to, to not just bring multiple bodies. Uh, you know, other guys have to take advantage uh, and, and make them pay for it and, and make them think twice about uh, about having a constant double and a double from everywhere or, or being smarter about how they double. Um, you know, like they, they, Indiana has to force them into those situations. So I think that's, you know, it, it, he, he cannot be the guy that's carrying them the whole way. You know, I mean, like he's going to get a lot of points. He's going to get a lot of rebounds, but they need more from more people, especially if they're going to defend them, defend him the way that he's going to be defended. He's going to get trapped all the time. Uh, you know, there, there have to be other guys to take uh, the pressure off of that. I, I think he's become a really good passer. He's become really smart at, at dealing with double teams. But um, you know, you, you can only do so much, and it's and you know, when you whip the pass out, somebody's got to hit the shot, and Indiana's got to hit more of those shots. All right, Dustin Dopierak with us Wednesdays. On the program, Dustin, as always, man, I appreciate it. You're focused on the Pacers, doing a great job there, but still keeping an eye on the Hoosiers and kind enough to uh, share your thoughts with us. Thanks so much, and have a great Christmas and great holidays as well. Absolutely. You too, Matt. Thanks so much. All right, Dustin Dopirak with us here on this Wednesday program. We will head to a commercial break. We'll come back with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. We'll catch up on local sports, high school basketball, and more. So stay with us for that conversation. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. 
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I- Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. and for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Wednesday show. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, always with me in this segment. We talk high school hoops, local sports, and more. And, Josh, you know, we're headed into the holidays. We're at the holidays. Normally a little slower time for most, but I tell you what, especially after Christmas, basketball really picks up here next week in between Christmas and the new year. A lot of holiday basketball opportunities for some of our local teams to play different people, different places. Yeah, the week after Christmas is uh, jam-packed with, uh, with games, invitationals, holiday tournaments, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it should be, uh, it'll be a busy, busy time uh, next week, that's for sure. And, of course, you know, obviously the, the one, the big one locally is the Silver Creek Holiday Tournament. Uh, uh, you know, what was it, the oldest continuous uh, holiday tournament involving the same four teams in the state. So, uh, you know, that'll... That'll be a, that'll that'll be the big one next week uh, locally, and then um, just a bunch of other uh, invitationals and, and events that teams are playing in. So yeah, it'll be it'll be a full slate next week. That's for sure. Got a few games this week. Uh, I mentioned Providence last night went on the road down to Evansville Memorial, and uh, some other games coming up here over the next few days. Weather has affected some of those, but. Uh, Providence last night battled against a really so- solid Evansville Memorial team. And I know the Pioneers are 3-3, three and three, and I know they're without Casey Kalen. But as we head into Christmas time and this holiday opportunity for more hoops, I think if somebody asked me to name who I think is the best team locally as far as potential and uh, what they could get done this season, I'm going to have to put Providence at the top of the list despite the 500 record. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with you too, Matt. It's, uh, you know, obviously, like you mentioned, you know, the Providence three and three, but they have been without Casey Kalen uh, since the opener. The two games they've lost since then were, were uh, about three points at uh, Scottsburg and about three points at Evansville Memorial. So, uh, not you know, not not bad losses really. So, um, yeah, I mean. It, once uh, you know, if Casey comes, once Casey comes back, you know they should they should be uh, they should be a pretty solid team. You know, getting some getting some other guys some experience now. So, you know, the hope um, that you know the hope is for uh, for Providence that that'll just help them build some build some depth and depth, excuse me, and get some other kids some uh, some good experience going into the uh, the second half of the season. But yeah, I would you know that uh, Providence is is uh, you know probably the best team uh, in Clark and Floyd counties. And, uh, you know, we'll see if they can, they can continue to develop as the season goes on. Obviously, you know, we, you, uh, you still have, you still have Brownstown in the sectional, but, uh, you know, if you were going to ask me the two best teams and, in, in two, a, I might put Brownstown and Providence at one and two still. And, uh, you know, that maybe, maybe the rest of the season, we'll see. 
Yeah, you're right. That Providence and Brownstown potential rematch, I think people are already thinking about it, talking about it. Of course, the hope is that Casey Kalen could be healthy for the Pioneers and back in action, obviously, at that late point of the season. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, my guest. Josh writes and covers all this stuff each day in the News and Tribune, and also uh, not only the print edition, but you can check it out online at newsandtribune.com slash sports. Let's look ahead to next week. I know I've tried to really promote the uh, Centerville, Ohio at New Albany game because of Gabe Cups, who's an IU commit. I know we have a great IU base that listens to this show. So I don't know how competitive that game will be, to be quite honest, But because uh, Centerville's really good. But uh, obviously a chance to see Cups up close and personal is big for a lot of IU fans here in the area. But what else next week stands out as far as basketball on the schedule? Yeah, there are just uh, there are just so many tournaments next week. Uh, to be honest with you, it's hard to keep them straight for me. But uh, uh, you know, I know uh, Jeff's playing up at North Central in the uh, in the Paul Logan Memorial, so that'll be um, that'll be a big test for the Red Devils. Uh, they play, uh, I think they play Pike and North Central in back to back days. So you know, two big four A teams. So that'll be a big test for them. So. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what they can do there. But uh, uh, you know, and Floyd Central, I think, goes on the road and plays at Roncalli. So that'll be another. That'll be another big one too for for the Highlanders. You know, trying to trying to get some momentum here going into the going into the new year. Uh, they play Mount Vernon, I think, in their first game. So um, that'll be another interesting one to see. Um, and then um, uh, Rock Creek, I think. Rock Creek plays Bloomington South. I believe it's tonight, so that'll be a, that'll be a big game for Rock Creek. You know, against the four A foe. Obviously, you know they've they've got a, a high hopes for this season, and um, you know it's been a it's been a kind of a, a rough start for them. So we'll see if they can get some momentum going too. And they play in um, they're playing a tournament in Connorsville next week too. Uh, so that'll be that'll be interesting to see how they can do because Lawrence North and Fort Wayne Concordia are there too. So. Um, man, there are just so many next week. It's hard to keep them all straight for me, to be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm kind of glad. I know the weather, we don't want it to affect the holiday stuff and get-togethers and family opportunities and all that, but I'm kind of glad the weather's moving through here over the next few days because, my goodness, uh, some of that stuff over the holidays, if it gets canceled or postponed, it's just hard to make up because there's travel and there's multiple games and it requires mm-hmm. dayti- daytime games in a lot of situations. So I'm sure a lot of athletic directors and coaches across the state, really across the country right now with this deal that's moving through, kind of keeping a close eye on things and hoping it doesn't screw up uh, holiday tournaments and so forth next week. Josh, uh, we talk a lot of basketball. I do want to close out with a few other things. Um, girls basketball off to a good start. I read somewhere Providence, I think, has won five games. The girls have won five games in a row. Uh, maybe a, a, a mid-season update or a holiday update on girls basketball here in the area. Yeah, you know, it, it's been uh, it's been a good season so far for for a lot of the teams. You know, the the big uh, you mentioned the Providence girls. I, I think they're maybe seven and five, eight and five, something like that. So. You know, it, the big thing, uh, the big storyline, I think, with the girls is just the freshmen. You know, the freshmen who are contributing for uh, all kinds of different teams. You know, Providence has got uh, got the Smith freshman, and then uh, uh, Libby Theobald also a freshman on that team, and and they've uh, they've done well so far this season. And uh, Sarah Nord over at Rock Creek, you know, they've 
you've got a bunch of freshmen and they've already won 10 games, which is, you know, already top last year and, and is the most that they've won in, heck, I don't even know, 20 years maybe so far. And we're not even, uh, you know, we're not even to, uh, to January yet. So, you know, that's, that's been a great, uh, a great boost for them. And then, uh, you know, obviously, uh, uh, Silver Creek has, as uh, Brooklyn Wren and Emma Shane, and they've uh, they've taken some lumps early, but um, you know, obviously, they're in a couple of years they're going to be really, really good. So, um, you know, I would I would just say the freshmen are the big thing so far, and uh, you know, we'll see how much uh, how much of an impact they can have because because uh, you know we're entering the the last month of the regular season in January for the girls, so you know it'll be uh, it'll be sectional time before we know it, and and uh, you know a lot of these teams will will be. Uh, uh, preparing for the postseason, you know, I don't, I don't know if we have any uh, uh, sectional contenders. Uh, I mean, they're all contenders, I guess, at this point. But I don't know if we have any uh, potential sectional champions. So, you know, we'll see kind of how it plays out for the rest of the regular season. But uh, you know, there, um, there been some, there been some teams that have, have really made some uh, big turnarounds this season, and I think it's attributed to uh, some of the younger players around here. No question. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. I've covered this a lot. Uh, proud of her. I, I know the family well, great people. But C.C. Rush, Louisville Volleyball, Providence graduate, uh, did a lot of s- stuff successfully there for the Providence program, that's for sure. Uh, but neat to see her, Josh, in a uh, Saturday night NCAA championship game on that stage, getting a lot of playing time, a lot of opportunity with the cards. I know they came up short but you were covering that a great deal and uh, thought it would be appropriate to wrap up today with another kind of shout-out to her on a great deal there at Louisville. Oh, yeah, just another great run for for uh, CeCe and her team. And, and, um, and you know, first off, uh, congrats to Louisville. You know, two, two back-to-back years going to the Final Four, that's great for that program. You know, Danny Busby has done a great job. And then, uh, and then locally, you just say, uh, wow, what, uh, what a contribution that the uh, – uh, the, the local volleyball players have been on the national scene the last few years. You know that's the that's the second time in, in three years we've had a girl play in the uh, uh, national championship game. You know, two three years ago it was uh, Ali Stumler, you know, leading UK to the national title, and then and then this time CC Rush was playing with uh, Louisville in the national championship both times, both times against Texas, and then uh, you know a, another. Uh, Thing was uh, one of the girls for Kentucky, Madison Skinner, uh, was a member of that national championship team in Kentucky two years ago, and then uh, transfers to Texas, and she just won the national title with Texas the other night. So uh, that's pretty remarkable as well. But yeah, just uh, just a uh, just a big shout out to uh, the local volleyball scene. You know, they're uh, they continue to produce some great players, and they're, they're having impacts and uh, on the national level. So that's great. Josh, I know we got to go, but a real quick comment on Jake Hydebreeder. Uh, he is having an outstanding season for Air Force. I think he uh, had 17 points in their game uh, here over the last day or so. Wow, he's playing great at the Division One level. Continues to play great, and yeah, he's doing great things. And uh, you know, it looks like all conferences for him this year. Hopefully, things go well. Absolutely. That'll wrap things up, Josh. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. And same to everybody listening, we'll be back with you Thursday, which will be our final show of the week. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.